Good evening. This is Tuesday, October 16th, and this is our Starburst Dog Q&A webinar. I might be talking a little bit funny tonight or sounding a little bit different than usual, and it is because I've been in the process of having some dental work done, and the process is they can't get me numbed up enough to do what needs to be done. Hi, Terry. So apparently I have a back big filling that chipped, and they need to remove it and lay it for a crown um, and we've been to the dentist two weeks ago when I was at the dentist yesterday and after three times of shooting me up with Novocaine uh, they're still not getting me numb enough to do it I can still feel it so that was yesterday I go see another um, a root canal specialist whatever they're called um, tomorrow but um, it's still a little sore from yesterday and so I'm still talking a little bit funny so that is my excuse anyway, and I am sticking to it. So we have a few things I want to discuss with you guys tonight. Um, we have some questions that came up, and of course, I am available to take your questions as well. Uh, the first question is, do we require a doctor's note for service dog training? No, we do not. Um, I do not require a doctor's note or a doctor's letter. Uh, before we get started on service dog training, and that is for a couple of reasons. First is, with or without a doctor's note, if you have a dog who's trained up to be a service dog, and you do not need a service dog, you, your dog is not a service dog. And what that basically means is, I can give you one of my service dogs, I can give you Arrow, but unless you have what I have and he helps you like he helps me, he might be my service dog, but he is not your service dog, okay? So if you wanna work together and you wanna put all the money into training and all the time into training and you don't qualify as having a service dog, it doesn't matter how much money you spend, it doesn't matter how much time you've invested, your dog is not a service dog. To have a service dog, you need to have a couple things. You need to have a disability, and have a dog who is individually tasked trying to mitigate that disability, which means make it better. Uh, so just because I have something and you have something, we might have the exact same thing. You might not need a service dog and I might need a service dog, okay? And it might be that, uh, like I said, me giving you my dog, say Arrow, say I retire Arrow and I give him to you, but you don't have any issues, you, you can't take Arrow with you anywhere. Even if you're, he's used to going everywhere and he's used to going to Disney, um, if he is not a service dog for you, you do not get to use him as a service dog. Okay, so that's one of the main reasons. Um, I do request, suggest, say, um, do get a letter from your doctor uh, and put it in your training binder, just to cover your butt a little bit, right? However, this is why I don't, Another reason why I don't require it is I've had my medical issue since I was like eight years old. That's the youngest back I can remember having it. When I was 19 years old, I was diagnosed with what I have. When I was 25, Luke was born. And when I was 26 or 27, we lived in Maryland. And living in Maryland, I went to go see a specialty doctor uh, because for cardiology right? It's neurocardiogenic syncope. I end up passing out. So I went to go see, uh, see a cardiologist to see if anything's changed. You know, meds haven't been working for me. Uh, you know, weird things that they suggest just haven't been working for me. So I went to go see a cardiologist and he sees me and he tells me that 
I needed to go, we were living in Maryland, right? I needed to go over to John Hopkins. In John Hopkins, I'd see a specialist over there. Okay. So I go make the appointment. I go over to John Hopkins. And while I'm in the room, they left my medical folder right there. And so I had to read it because I am that nosy of a person. And with the medical folder, had the letter from the doctor I had just seen, the brand new doctor. And brand new doctor says, she's under a lot of stress. I think she's faking it to get attention. Gonna let that sink right in there. She's under a lot of stress. I think she's faking it to get attention. Yeah, that's why I'm passing out is I'm faking it to get attention. So they examined me at John Hopkins. They're like, yeah, you've got neurocardiogenic syncope and you've got it pretty good. Not pretty bad, depending on how you want to look at it. So I went back to the cardiologist. It was over in Easton because that's where we're living. And, uh, you know, gave him the, he had got the report. I didn't have to give it to him, right? But go in there. He had, had received the report and he's like, oh, like he was very surprised. Like, yeah, I'm not faking it, am I? And he was kind of amazed that, you know, I actually called him out on it. But, of course, he had nothing he could do to help. So we did nothing. Um, and that's basically how it's been, trying different meds. They don't work. So I just kind of get to live with it, which is why the service dog alerts for me. He's there during, he responds after, and it works out really nicely. So some people don't have a choice on which doctor they go to, and some doctors are jerks. I mean, just plain and simple, they're jerks. And they're not going to give you a note, even if you totally need one. Um, or you're going to get those doctors who will give anybody a note for anything, and they don't even know what the heck they're writing a note for. You know, yep, she sneezed today. She needs a emotional support service guinea pig so she can take it to Publix with her. It's not how it goes, guys. They don't know the right terminology. I actually had a person come out to me from the VA in Gainesville, and he had a letter from the doctor there saying that he would benefit from having an emotional support service dog. And in his opinion, he would need one, and therefore his dog is one. I'm like, first of all, it's not how that works. Second of all, you're talking about two different things. You're talking about emotional support. You're talking about service dog. Unless the dog is tasked, trained to mitigate your disability, the dog is only an emotional support dog. And your doctor has no standards to decide if your dog is a service dog or not. You know, they don't know the first thing about dogs, dog training, or dog behavior. So, you know, there needs to be something done. I don't know what it is, but we don't require doctor's notes, and that's kind of the moral of this story. So let me go through and see what comments we have so far. Um, Dana says, how do you deal with the behavioral fallout of using positive punishment in the form of e-collars, and particularly puppies and young dogs? Um, if it's used right, we don't have behavioral fallout. I've used e-collars on dogs. I think the youngest was three months. Um, usually like a little bit later than that. Um, Gypsy and Roma both started about five months old because they started chasing my chickens and getting my chickens. And I like my chickens. They leave me little butt nuggets. Um, so yeah, they're, I don't see it if it's used properly. Now, <laughs> used improperly, uh, you know, there could be fallout. And used improperly, any training tool out there, including using food and flat collars, is going to lead to fallout. Actually, one of my friends had to... Um, her dog had a collapsed trachea because of a flat collar. Um, Aqua says, hello, hello. Deb says, hello, hi. Um, Aqua says, my medical history my whole life has just been doctors that don't listen. Exactly. Yep. So it's hard getting in the doctors. Um, we had one up in Gainesville that I liked, and I'd bring the service dogs into his office, and they never had a problem with it. Um, I 
went to the gynecologist up here in Brownwood without the service dog because it was the first visit and uh, did fine whenever I've gone to Orlando twice to see the oncology gynecologist. Once I brought uh, Roma and the other time I brought Gypsy and they had no problem whatsoever with me bringing the dogs um, in there. They knew the um, Roma's in training. Uh, you know, they, they loved having her in there and we were in there for a long time, both times. So I thought that was fantastic. And, uh, you know, yay. Um, so sometimes it's shopping around to find the right doctor. We're actually going to be looking. Um, there's one up here in the villages. I think we want to try just because it's way closer than driving up to Gainesville, uh, you know, to get whatever done, you know, you're not feeling good. You don't want to drive an hour and a half to go to the doctor. So we need to uh, try that out and see how dog friendly the office is. You know, I've already mentioned to them that I train dogs and that I train service dogs. So we'll see how it goes. So Cheryl says, I agree. Some doctors just don't listen. And yeah, and Terry says, family doesn't understand why I need a dog to be trained for my back. Don't get that having Goose lie down beside me is training. <laughs> well, that's so funny, Terry. A lot of people don't understand that, like just teaching them to be calm, being with you is huge. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of times you see their dog and their dogs are just crazy. Maddie says, hi, hi, Maddie. And Jeanette, hello. You know, and Jeanette, I was just thinking about you and your golden puppy boys. And Carolyn says, hello, Carolyn. I was also going to message you and find out if we had any poodleys. <laughs> okay, so that's what I want to talk about doctor-wise. Mm. I also wanted to talk with you. Oh, there's a whole bunch of topics. Don't worry. We, we're we're going to go good today about whenever I left Arrow alone for the first time. So this was our very first trip to Disney and we hadn't done Disney before. And uh, we hadn't actually gone on a vacation before where I didn't take Arrow. You know, we'd gone vacation up to visit my parents in Myrtle Beach and we'd take them with us. And uh, we'd take Gypsy, or I'm not Gypsy, um, Jedi and Zoe, our two girls with us. But we hadn't gone on a vacation without the dogs. Now. We had lived in Gainesville for a number of years and I knew a lot of the dog professionals and I didn't trust any of them with my dogs. So I ended up leaving the girls, um, Jedi and Zoe, and Zoe's still around. She's the little border collie that we have out here. I left them with one of my trainers, but Arrow's a Malinois and this was when he was younger and he had a lot of energy. So he was, I was using him as my service dog at this point, but it was our first trip to Disney and I didn't know how it was going to go with that. And it was during Thanksgiving week and I didn't want it to be too much for him. So we left Arrow with another trainer in Gainesville. And this trainer was also actually uh, working with, I want to say the sheriff's department. He was one of the canine handlers. We've done a workshop with him before. And uh, he was Malinois savvy. And what happened was we, uh, Dropped them off the night before we left. A couple hours later, we get a phone call from him saying that he left the gate open to his property. He let Arrow out and Arrow took off. And he's been looking all over and he can't find him. And he's in the end of this giant rural area, right? There's no other cars. Like, I guess his family and like his neighbors and everything else, like own the property around. It's not like they were on a main street like what we are here, but still he couldn't find my dog and he lost my dog before we were even gone on the way to Disney. This was our very first trip to Disney, guys. So we're talking quite a few years ago. So we, uh, Rich went out. I'm a nervous wreck. Rich went out and um, looked for Arrow. But the guy says to me, he goes, well, I thought you said he was trained. He is trained for us. He's not going to listen to a stranger. And why did you leave the gate open? 
so uh, Rich found him. Era led him back to the house. Um, I didn't know what we were going to do because we were leaving the next day. So Era stayed there for those, I think we were only there for four full days. Um, you know, we left, like I said, so four and a half days because we left them the night before, but we got them that night whenever we got back in town. I know how it is when people leave their dogs with us. I know what a huge trust that is for people to leave their family members with us. I mean, service dog or pet dog guys. I know how it is. I know how worrisome it is when people leave their dogs with, I mean, basically strangers. You know, I do these, like some of you guys know me and still it's hard, like Cheryl <laughs> and Marvel. Like I know how hard that is for her uh, to leave Marvel here while she, you know, she isn't and she misses her boy. Um, but like I, we do, we treat them like our own, kind of treat them a little better than our own. But, uh, but you know, they, they become part of the family while they're here with us. And so if you're thinking, you know, do I want to do a boot camp? You get two choices. You get to do a boot camp or you get to do personal training sessions or your third choice is just do it all online. But the nice thing with the boot camp is we see huge changes in just a short amount of time. And we get to really work on those issues that your dog needs worked on. So what we've seen, especially for the service dogs when they come in, is we can jump them ahead at least a couple years over what you can get them on your own, which is pretty cool. And Jeanette says she's breeding again. I am Jeanette. If I forget, can you message me and let me know who you're breeding to whom? Um, I have a couple people looking. I usually do, and they usually don't want to import from that far, but um, I'm interested. Nicole says, hello, hello, Nicole. And Michelle says, my family is just getting used to having Oliver around. Yeah, it is. So Arrow, right as he was starting working as a service dog, I think it was, or right when we got him, one or the other, we had to go down to a funeral in Clearwater and we brought him. We brought a crate and we popped up in the crate and we, we didn't take him with us to the funeral, um, but we left him in, you know, in the friend's house. Uh, it is kind of, you know, where I go, my dog goes. Uh, even Rich will sometimes say like, can't we just leave the dog at home this one? So I just look at him and say, come on dog, you know, and bring whoever we were going to bring along. Because, yeah, it would be nice to just say, ah, leave it. But you know what I found? Every time I say that is when I need him worse than ever and I don't have him. And it's hard. And Cheryl says, yes. <laughs> Nicole says, so hard to find someone I would trust with Doc. Had a bad experience with the trainer I left Doc with in March, which is why he's going with me this time. Yeah, it is. It is really difficult, uh, you know, to find somebody that you trust, to find somebody who take care of them. Um, it is, I, yeah, you know, I just kind of want to clone myself and it'll make it easier. Grace and Jim, same as last letter. Nice. Those were the cutest little fluffer daughter puppies too. Um, okay. So yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So whenever you guys do leave your dogs with us, we do appreciate it. We do understand that it is really difficult to do that. Okay. Third thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is should a service dog be a therapy dog? What are your thoughts on this, guys? Give me a thumbs up if you think a service dog could also be a therapy dog. Not that they need to be, but that it's a good idea that they're a service dog. And give me a face, which is the wow, oh my gosh emoji, if you think that they should not dual, do, do dual work as a service dog and as a therapy dog. Okay? And there's a reason I'm asking this. Um, some organizations that do therapy dog registrations will not take the dog in if the dog is also a service dog. And some will. And why is that? 
I've had dogs who have done both. I mean, Boo, my husky, did service dog work and she did therapy dog visits. Um, we did monthly visits to um, the atrium in Gainesville. And so we did those and she had no problems doing it. But let me tell you about what happened with Gypsy. Gypsy loves people, absolutely loves them. So she was off for three months over the summer because of all the hot spots. And once we figured out what it was and gave her her long bath, she didn't have, she hasn't had any more hot spots. And it's been like two months now and no more hot spots just since that bath. So, uh, so this was after the bath, so no new hot spots were developing. They were healed up and they wanted um, one of the, what is it? Um, therapy recovery center for people who are hurt and stuff. Not an old age home, not a nursing home, but one of those type of things. They were doing something for National Dog Day, the end of August, and they wanted us to bring a therapy dog. So we brought Gypsy and they did a parade and they had us walk around and they had to show off their best tricks. And what happened was they had given the, the um, residents treats. And so they were giving the treats to the dogs and Gypsy loved that. And what happened was Gypsy started you know, going up to everybody like, where's my treat? Do you have a treat for me? Which, you know, that's what she was doing. But that was one afternoon. We were there for, I think, two hours max. And what happened was next day, whenever we went out for service dog training, she was like, hey, there's a person. Maybe they have a treat for me. So she, while she was a great therapy dog because she loves people, she's only 14 months old now. So she was just, you know, she was a year, a little over a year whenever that happened. Um, she is not doing therapy work until at least another year. I want her, in, plus, like I said, we had had, we had just taken three months off that I couldn't work them, work her because of the hot spots. So I don't want her to be confused. I want her to know that when I see people, I ignore them. It's all good. So if you're thinking, should my service dog be a therapy dog or should my therapy dog be a service dog, make sure that they've had enough time to establish their primary role first. And if you do decide to do it, make sure it's what the dog wants and it's what you want. And remember, there are possible fallout and outcomes, not just, yeah, my dog can do it. My dog can do everything. So Terry says, depends on the dog. Exactly. Like I said, boom, not a problem. She loved both of them. Um, Jedi had done therapy and she enjoyed that. Arrow would not enjoy being a therapy dog unless you all played with him. That would make him happy. Um, but yeah, yeah, it does. It depends on the dog, but make sure that they have that solid foundation. Okay. Um, and then we had a few questions that came in. Uh, I wanted to make sure that we addressed. Uh, one is about service dogs. Uh, they're shy, nervous, fearful dog um, that they got in. They're working on getting her over that fearful, nervous, shy behavior, and they would like to make her into a service dog. So for this, um, you know, she had been looking and looking and looking and rescue is very near and dear to her heart. She volunteers with a rescue. She has been evaluating a lot of dogs as they come in. And she thought she had one, but the dog is shy, nervous, and fearful. So she wanted to know if we could help the dog get over that being that shy, help the dog to become a service dog. I told her no. I told her no. Uh, service dog is not a rehab project. So you don't want to have already shyness or fearfulness or nervousness. You want to have a dog with a good head on her shoulders. Now, comparing Roma and Gypsy, Gypsy is very outgoing and loves everybody. And Roma is a little bit more reserved. 
Um, but it's not fear, it's not nervous, it's just a little shyness, but it's the reserved poodle shyness. You know, she is going up to the people when they come out to the ranch to say hi and see if they'll have treats or want to pet her. But, um, but she doesn't do that out in public, which is really nice. But no, you can't take a shy, nervous, fearful dog and turn him up into a service dog with good results, okay? Get a dog who is red. Go to Cox and Jeanette if you want the cutest little golden retrievers ever. Um, but you want a dog who has health and temperament are primary. That's what you want, health and temperament. Ask what the parent's health is. Ask what the parent's temperament is. See if they've produced service dogs or therapy dogs in the past. Even if you're looking for a service dog, if they've produced therapy dogs in the past, if they've lived long lives, if they've gone on to do different things like that, then you're doing good. You know, it's a breed you should talk to. Have they done the health testing? You know, how's all that stuff going along? I'm not just my vet said he's healthy, but you can't go see the daddy because he's going to bite you. Uh, you know, we get dogs in sometimes who might be, uh, the breeds that we recommend might be a golden or a lab or a poodle, but they don't have the right temperament. So this is where two guys breeding is hugely important on which breeder you go with, which lines you go with. Um, you don't want shy, nervous, fearful. You also don't want aggressive. Um, we had someone who, we got their dog in for our, our normal pet boot camp and did that up. And at the end, she told me that she wanted the dog to be her service dog. And what the dog could come in for aggression. I <laughs> know that's not going to happen. Um, you know, so you've got to be realistic in your expectations. I've had people ask me, well, you should be able, well, not ask me, I guess, tell me, you should be able to take any dog from the shelter and turn that dog into a service dog. And I laugh at them when they tell me that because that's not how it works. It's not how the world works. It's not how anything works like that. You can't just say, you know, I want the dog to be a service dog and bam, the dog's a service dog. Uh -uh. Um, it doesn't matter for some dogs how much training they go through. If they don't got that something, something special, it ain't going to happen. Period. End of story. No matter what, no matter how much you want it, um, no matter how much you really, 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 really want it to happen, it's not. Okay. Um... What else do I got here for you? Oh, my dog is crazy everywhere. How can I get him to calm down? Okay, my dog is just nuts. And this is true for pets or for, um, or for service dogs. <clears throat> Sometimes dogs are crazy, you know? So what do you do? What are you gonna do for that one? Um, for that, get him to calm down. So this is what we started our group class with. Uh, last Saturday, and that's what we're going to start it with again this Saturday. And it's basically called Sit on the Dog Leash. And if you go on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash dreamdogs, D-R-E-A-M-D-O-G-U-Z, one of our videos is Sit on the Dog Leash. It's an easy name for it, right? Sit on the Dog Leash. And it's about a five-minute video, and it's Rich playing on his phone with me talking for most of it. But uh, what you do basically is you let your dog figure out on his own to be calm. And it's great because you can sit anywhere. You don't need play sport. You don't need to crowd around a play sport. It's just sit. So once your dog calms, so you take your dog out in public, right? And you give your dog a chance to calm down. Okay, your dog's calm. Now we're going to work on some focus work, do some easy basic stuff, 
get a little bit harder, ease back to the easy and get a little harder again. Maybe try something new. Okay, work up from there, do baby steps. If your dog's not gonna be calm and focused in the house, your dog's not gonna be calm and focused out in public. Not gonna happen. Um, and we don't want that to be the case. We want your dog, I don't care if it's a service dog or a pet dog, we want your dog to be wonderful everywhere. Okay. Uh, what are you guys's? What are some of your tips for dogs who are cray cray? <laughs> um, we have a few different things that we like to do, but like I said, sit on the dog leash is always a good one to get started. Um, what I don't do is I don't recommend that you exercise your dog and exercise and exercise and exercise. Um, so you can do it because it just is going to tire you out. It's going to tire the dog out. And then you know what's going to happen? Dog's not going to be tired out, and he's going to want more and more and more and more. It's going to drive you bonkers. For realsies. Um, got another question. Okay. It's about dog parks. What do you do uh, normally when you take your dogs out to a dog park and another dog gets aggressive and comes at your dog? You stop the other dog and take action, or do you just take your dog out? I normally don't take them, but my apartment complex has a dog park and I know all the dogs that go there. So for us, when we lived in Gainesville before my dogs were off leash reliable, uh, I utilized dog parks. So there were some free ones around and then there was one main paid one in Gainesville um, that I ended up being the trainer for for a while. But um, we'd go there and sometimes I couldn't go because I knew that dog and I knew that dog was an issue. Um, if I see something, I'm going to always advocate for my dog service dog or pet dog i'm going to advocate for him um so if i see a dog coming up towards my dog aggressively i'm going to uh you know put my hand out get big stop in the name of love or, or superman pose you know hands on your hips really big and powerful tell the dog to go home i've also carried some um, pet convincer which is just air it's just compressed air with me um and <laughs> this is funny we're walking around the park, me and my dog, because I don't go there and let my dog run while I sit on a bench and talk. I would go there and walk around with my dog and I would have a tennis racket and the tennis balls and maybe a chuck it and some tennis balls or a frisbee. I would have something to play with with my dog. Now, this served a couple purposes, is if a dog did get too close, I could whack them with the chuck it. If a dog was going to get too close to the face of my dog, I could put that tennis racket head right between them. So it was a barrier that I could use, but, but it's also just something like nice that you play with with your dog, right? <laughs> okay, so I'm there with my dog. We're walking around, um, just enjoying ourselves, just walking. We haven't got the, the toys out yet, and there's this other dog who keeps coming up and harassing my dog. Just wouldn't leave my dog alone. Just like, hey, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And my dog was trying to tell her, this other dog, to leave her alone. So she was looking away. She was, you know, veering away. She was like, no, I don't want to play with you. And the dog kept going. So then she started, you know, hackles up and maybe a low growl. And then it was getting, and this happened just pretty quickly. And I'm like, no, go away. And the dog kept coming back. Go away. Go find your owner get out of here. Like I'm getting more and more. So finally I had the pet convince from my pocket and I just sprayed it. I didn't spray it at the dog. I sprayed it at the ground at my side and the dog looked like his pants are on fire. Right. And so the owner finally comes running up to me. She goes, what did you do to my dog? What did you spray my dog with? I said, Nothing. It's air. See, 
You didn't. You sprayed my dog with something. I saw how he took off. I said, well, it's funny that you saw how he took off because you didn't see him while he was over here harassing my dog. He just wanted to play. I said, my dog did not want to play with your dog. And that's fine. Your dog does not have to want to play with every dog out there. <clears throat> doesn't matter how social they are. They're all going to have days where they're just like, no, I don't want to deal with this right now. And that's okay. Okay. So Anjanette says, HVT, high value treat and focus. And Terry says, start at greater distance where the dog can be calm and gradually get closer to distractions. Perfect. Yep. And Michelle says, don't go. <laughs> and Terry says, stock whip and a stun baton. I do not want to run into Terry at the dog park. <laughs> There's stock whip and stun baton. Um, and then Cheryl says, used to go but have not gone since before Marvel because Pebbles was attacked. I had to pull the other dogs off of her while the owner just stood there. So that's one of the reasons, um, like I said, I do them because I did dog training. I could go during the daytime. So Luke was young. Luke, um, gosh, even before he was in school, I could take him with me and he'd just sit on the bench inside there while the dogs would play and while I'd play with them. And because we would go during the afternoons, whenever it was cooler in Gainesville, there was rarely anybody there. <coughs> so this was great because it gave us a, the opportunity to just let her run, let her play, play with her. Now we were at the dog park one time and he was sitting on the bench politely because he knew what the protocol was. Like he's a dog trainer's son, right? So he'd sit on, he was sitting on the bench and some lab comes up and knocks into him and the owner's just like, he likes dogs. This is a big, probably a hundred plus pound lab, a yellow lab, just out of control. I had to go and pull the dog, you know, like get him off of my kid. Um, you know, I was just a couple feet away, so it didn't take long, but Luke, didn't like dogs after that it took a while before he liked dogs again um because there's just so many times they're crazy and owners want to just hur, hur, hur it and it's aggravating you know if people would understand that craziness isn't fun okay that that oh look at that wild and out of control dog like that's not sane so i don't always like to use the well what would you do if it was a kid um instead of a dog but if you saw a kid running around like that, you'd be like, dude, somebody needs to medicate that kid, right? So before we do dog parks, we would structural uh, focused work, you know, so we do structure heal. Um, we'd go in there and we'd play together. So I want the focus to be on me. I don't want the focus to be on look how much fun it is here without me. No, look how much fun it is to be here with me. I am the gateway to all things fun and we can play. Now, if your dog is a social dog who likes to play with other dogs, that's great. Hopefully your dog isn't going and playing with other dogs the entire time, right? Hopefully they're playing with the other dogs, coming back to you, playing with the other dogs, coming back to you, um, you know, and, and making it fun. And if not, you know, again, I know some dogs are just not gonna, they're just more pack dogs than people dogs, but we want that, um, especially for the service dogs, we want that focus to be on us. Not that, you know, I am the center of the universe, um, but pretty darn close to it. And having said that, my dogs play. I've got five acres here. They go outside and they play and they rough house and they tumble each other and they play bitey face. They're all in on it. You know, Eric goes outside and he barks, 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 barks until you come out and play with them. And if you don't, well, as long as you let one of the girls out to play with them, he's pretty okay with that. Um, Gypsy and Ruma come in every morning with mud and dirt on them. So much so that one of the pictures I took, I put up on Instagram, and I said something about it about, you know, here's my, my dirty um, golden girl. 
and Instagram pulled it and they said I couldn't put that picture up and I'm like why can't I put the picture up like she's a golden retriever who was mud colored and it was gross and then I thought oh <laughs> she's a dirty girl okay yeah that's why we can't put that up there okay uh Cheryl says I use a lunge whip for horses with a toy at the end for attention and learn to self-control yeah so we would do those on um, the giant cat toys um port poles so we get a piece of pvc and a rope we thread the rope through it and tied at the one end so you know it wasn't just tied up here it was tied at the handle end and um, put a noose at the end close to the ground kind of like a fishing pole right except for a hook we'd put a noose and put a toy in there so we can get the dog to and chase it so they sit okay get it get it get it get it get it oh you got it oh you're so good out okay sit I can whip it around and you're not going after it. Okay, go get it. You know, and that's what we wanted to work into um, is, is that sense of no matter how crazy adrenalized I am, I will leave it alone when you tell me to. I will out it whenever you tell me to and I will wait until you release me. And that's the ultimate, right? That they can just be crazy, 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 right to attention. And it does take some time to do it. <laughs> Depending on your dog, especially if your dog has a very high drive, uh, it's going to take longer than if your dog's like, meh, it's a toy. I don't care. Uh, so, you know, something to think about there. Oh, Roma's curled up, cute and tiny. Okay. Um, but that's, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about tonight mostly. Um, hope, how's hope coming along? I actually, we got this stuff. I have to go through it. It came yesterday in the mail. So I can send it off to the IRS to get 501c3 designation. And then whenever that comes back and we get, um, right now we're waiting to get the incorporation approval. Uh, when that comes back, I can send off this. And then um, I have to file um, to be able to collect donations and I have a sales tax exemption form. So I need to do both of those. But yeah, we used a company and they just put it all together for me, which was really nice. So hope's coming along slowly but surely. Um, it's a lot of waiting, waiting, waiting. So I go on Sunbiz and I look for Hope Service Dogs to see whenever that goes live. And I've been watching for about a week now and it hasn't come up yet. <laughs> and I can get very impatient. So I figured it'll probably come up about the same day we hear from them. But We'll see how things go. Do you guys have any questions for me? And then we've only got about a half hour into it so far. Um, but it's been a long day for me. <laughs> uh, workshop stuff. I told you, I think last week that we're looking at doing a service dog workshop over in Houston, Texas next year, um, February, March, maybe. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're talking about that. Um, we're looking at maybe having Mark McCabe come down. I'm looking at putting on my service dog workshop this year. I'm at the ranch again and possibly doing a shorter workshop on that. Um, I think I'll call it Common Chaos because I think that sounds like a really good name for a workshop about teaching a dog to be calm in the midst of all sorts of chaos. Um, so thinking of that, haven't decided that yet because it is hard to put on and host a workshop at the same time. Even whenever you have awesome helpers like Rich and Luke, it's still a lot to deal with. And uh, 
you know, I can only handle so much. And then we have uh, some pretty cool news. Uh, another trainer friend of ours reached out to partner with us with our online course. So see how that goes, but I'm super excited about it. Michelle said, while out with Oliver, we saw a friend who had a cat toy on a rope and he kept trying to play with it, little turd. <laughs> and Aqua said, just wondering, do you have group classes every week? Ooh, Aqua, that's a good question. We try to. So if you go on our Dream Dogs Central Florida Dog Training Facebook page, which is where this is, if you go over to the events tab, um, you should see them on there. Now, I usually announce it the Sunday in the newsletter. So go to our dreamk9.com website, enter in your email address, and you'll get on our e-newsletter. But with, uh, this weekend, yes, we are having group class this Saturday at 10. Um, next weekend, yes, we are having group class Saturday at 10. Uh, we're also, though, here's some exciting news for you guys. I found out last Thursday night that they were doing something Thursday night. Uh, I guess it's from 5 until 9 over there at Brownwood. And instead of the farmer's market and stuff, they had live music and they had a craft booth set up. So we needed to take two of the dogs that we have in boot camp. We needed to take them out for a training outing. So we were like, oh, let's go to Brownwood. So we went to Brownwood. And lo and behold, live music, lots and lots and lots of people, food, these craft booths, and um, Christmas ideas, because Christmas is just a couple months away. Uh, so I think we're going to try to be hitting Thursday nights. I don't know if we can do it this Thursday, because uh, Rich's sister is coming to Disney with her family on Thursday and Friday. So I want to see where they're going to be, and if we're going to do Thursday morning or Thursday evening. I have to be at their house here at 3 o'clock, because we have an eval. So we can do before, we can do after. Um, if we do at, uh, before, we might be able to have time to do Brownwood. Um, but I really like going up there. It's nice. Um, and then also because the coolness is coming, I've been told, um, mid-October already, it better be here soon. Um, we will be doing more outings to Disney. Um, when we know about it ahead of time, we will announce them um, and make up event pages for them as well. I like event pages. Um, so we can get some some group outings with the service dog stuff together. So Aqua, if you want to just message me and find out if we're having them, that works. Because if we're doing workshops or if other things come up, we won't be able to get up there. But the dogs do really well, and we always get to eat. We usually stop McAllister's, um, and we eat there. So um, they're kind of expecting us, <laughs> uh, and all the dogs as well. But uh, but no, it's nice and. Uh, we start at 10, we usually train dogs for about an hour, and then we walk over and we eat, and then that takes about 45 minutes or, to, or an hour, and then we talk afterwards, we talk during it, we talk beforehand, we talk a lot. And then we usually finish up right around noon or so, so I've been scheduling things at 1 o'clock at the ranch, but the problem is we finish up at say 12, 12, 10, 12, 15, we walk over to the car, we drive home, it's about 12.45 by the time we get home, and we have... Um, you know, people waiting for us. So I'm, I'm trying to get the online schedule thing pushed back. So I'm two o'clock the earliest that people can, can um, come out here on Saturday. So if you really need to be out here at one o'clock on Saturday, you let me know. Um, but two o'clock would be easier for us. And then we can run a little bit later. I um, mean, that's happened before too, where it's noon and we've all eaten. And then we, you know, we're energized. The dogs have rested. So, you know, it's training for them. And we get up and we do some more training over by McAllister's there. We work on heel or focus or whatever. Um, Terry says the camper has two trees and power lines on it. Don't know how long it will take to get it cleared. Bummed I didn't get down for a visit. But Terry, it's it's still warm. 
so Terry, you're still doing good. Um, push it back a couple weeks and uh, it should be even cooler, which is always good. And Michelle says it's cooler here. Yeah, we had Saturday morning, it was a little cooler. By Saturday afternoon, it was high 80s again. I mean, at least it's not in the 90s, but still, it's hot. And that's why I live in Florida. Wait, what? Everything's air conditioned. It's hot everywhere, but at least here it's air conditioned. That's Alaska. Alaska's probably cold. It doesn't need air conditioning. You just go outside. Um, thank you. I definitely will PM you in a little bit. Perfect. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah, Rich's um, sister and her husband are coming down. Um, they're going to do Disney. They have two kids. So we're going to bring the, the dogs over. I don't know if we'll bring one or two. Um, and I think we're going to try to go Thursday and on Friday to see them. So I'd like to bring maybe Loki and Gypsy on Thursday and Marvel and um, Roma on Friday. So then the Goldens get to go together and the Poodles get to go together. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that because I haven't taken a look at Disney yet. And uh, depending on how the dentist thing goes tomorrow, um, Wednesday night, if we go, we'll probably do downtown Disney if they go. But, um, but like I said, Thursday, that's kind of what I'm hoping for so we can take Loki and Gypsy to Disney. Right, Dab, he's so cute. He's really, really cute. And he was so naughty today. I was trying to get him to just get easy. And he's like lying down looking at me and I had his head halter on and he kept pawing at the head halter. And then he kept pawing at me. So I'm like, okay. And I had the clippers out and I'm like, give me your foot. And he's like, no, you had the clippers. I'm like, I'm not gonna cut you with them. I just wanna hold them in my hand. So I had him touch it with his, his nose and then I'm like here and I'm gonna hold on to it and he's like no and he's like trying to die because I'm holding on to his foot and not letting go until he stops acting like a weirdo so yeah and then he's so fluffy he got a couple baths the other day <laughs> don't ask why <laughs> but he's just super cute and fluffy right now okay so we gotta go work the dogs one more time before the sun sets because the sun's about that far from setting so I want to go do that that's my boy right he's just and he's just so flopsity and he's so cute and yeah he's super fun and the gypsy says she loves him and they do good when we have them out together we had them both out at group class and they're just they're like a little match set but nobody believes that she's like twice as old as he is <laughs> um okay and Deb too let me know when you're coming in on Friday um because I don't have a time down for you yet okay so we'll text that and figure that out perfect then um I will talk to you guys later um next week we are back on Tuesday night at 5 30 if you have any service dog questions um let me know Ooh, I've got a surprise for you so go to the Dream Dogs page and click the message us. And I set up a chat bot today. So what should happen is it tells you stuff, you hit yes, and it takes you to three free gifts that we're giving you. One is that first module of the online course. The second one is um, our podcast and where to find that. And the third one is our Facebook group and where to find that. So if you're already on this, don't worry about it. But I think it's pretty neat. I was happy I could figure that out. That's scary, right? Cheryl, I need to grind on Marvel's nails again. And then, okay, from that, perfect. So you guys have a fantastic week. I get to go to the dentist tomorrow, so think of me tomorrow morning. 
at the dentist, hopefully not getting too jabbery pokery in the mouth with needles. Um, now I did ask the dentist, I said, can you just like put another layer of filling on top of that and we'll just ignore that anything's wrong? And he was like, no, I think you might have a cracked tooth. And I'm like, just more filling. And he wouldn't do it. I think that's just me. So um, take care, guys. Have a great week. And I will see you um, possibly Thursday night at um, Brownwood, but not positive yet. Saturday at Brownwood for group class and next Tuesday night here. See, Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. It's like you guys can't get away from us. Talk to you later.